Hello, everybody. Unfold your solar panels and adjust your bicycle seats because you are addressing the giant green elephant in the room in modern industry. Sustainability. SAP software has the potential to touch every aspect of business and therefore has the potential to optimize even the most obscure processes in ways that are less destructive to the environment and society. With us today on the SAP Learning Insights podcast to talk about sustainability and SAP in general is Michael Jordan. Michael, welcome aboard. Um, With the start of every podcast, we always want to get our hero's origin story. Where are you from? How did you become the professional you are today? Well, well, nice to be here. Well, um, uh, that's a very interesting question. And I I could go on for a long time, but I'll keep that pretty short. So I I actually used to teach um, computer science. And I'm slightly embarrassed to say this, given the level of my German. But I also taught a bit of German at a high school in the UK, And that was quite a lot of years ago in the 90s. And uh, I thought I would spend a couple of years in industry. So I got a a job in industry and I was working for a um, a Seagate software that became Crystal Decisions that got bought by business objects and then by SAP. And that was kind of 22 years ago. So that two years has has really developed. And I I had various um, roles, but basically I was a knowledge manager for a kind of data warehouse development environment with clever predictive analytics capabilities. And I got really into the whole analytics um, stuff. And, and But privately, I was, I've been interested for many years in sustainability and had the opportunity some years ago in SAP to teach data science within the context of a sustainable MBA program, which originally was called the One Planet MBA. It was developed with the World Wildlife Fund. And you, you kind of go through all the normal boring business topics like finance and supply chain management and HR and operations, et cetera. But you looked at this through the sustainability kind of environment and social lens as well. And so I got the opportunity to teach data science for sustainable and social purposes. And also in in this time at SAP with the support of SAP, I got the opportunity to speak at various conferences, both inside and outside of SAP on this subject, ethical use of technology, data science and uh, sustainability those kinds of things. So when SAP made sustainability part of its core strategy a couple of years ago, I was asked to be the education portfolio manager for customer training on the topic. All right. Quite an eclectic past you had, starting with teaching. That's that's very cool to hear. And you closed on being the portfolio manager for the sustainability topic. So sustainability, other than a buzzword that's been brutally overused for the past decade or so, what is it exactly? Um, Yeah, this is such a common word. And there are so many different ideas about what sustainability is. In fact, I've come across a lot of people who work in the field who are kind of slightly fed up with using the word. But I've not found something which can replace it. But the the common definition that um, or the most popular definition that I've come across comes out of a 1987 um, United Nations report called the Brundtland Report, which defines sustainability as meeting the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. And I think that's a very succinct way of describing sustainability. Of course, what that means in terms of practice, it it doesn't go very far. There's so much underneath that that uh, needs to be teased out, but that's a very good starting point for thinking around sustainability. All right. And I've never heard that one before. So that's a great way to put it. That's probably the most succinct and to the point definitions I've heard so far. So thanks for that. That's quite useful. And maybe narrowing the scope a bit further, keeping that definition in mind, what exactly is sustainability for SAP? 
I'm thinking is this a, a product or a series of different principles or best practices that need to be applied across the way SAP does business and the, or the way SAP functions? Sure. Any insight there? Um, it's for sure both those things, principles, products, best practices, and much, much more. There's a lot going on there. But probably a good way to start thinking about what it means for SAP is to look at what we're doing both as an exemplar and as an enabler. So we've got to, to walk the talk. So a starting point is is to think about what SAP is trying to do itself. So there's a lot of activities. I'm not going to focus on that so much because I'm much more focused on trying to help our customers with this stuff. But we're doing, we've been doing a lot to make our data centers a net zero using um, renewable energies. We, we've been getting rid of single-use plastics. This, so there's a lot of internal activities all around the world. We have some very cool, very engaged green teams that are volunteer groups from all parts of SAP working on various initiatives totally voluntarily, nothing that's driven by SAP, to help SAP do a better job as an exemplar of this topic. So we we have to walk the talk. We can't talk about, we can't get customers to do it if we're not doing it ourselves. But um, my role is supporting SAP as an, an enabler. So for sure, we have a set of products based on what we call the kind of three zeros in holistic steering. So we the SAP sustainability strategy focuses on um, zero emissions. So how do we get rid of things like greenhouse gases out of um, supply chains and value chains? Zero waste. So that, that's looking at this topic that's called the circular economy. So how can products be designed so that the current product becomes the, the resource for the future? They keep being cycled back and recycled, reused, shared. And there are new business opportunities that come uh, through that as well. Zero inequality. So how can SAP software support best practices and safety and uh, social compliance in supply chain? So identifying risks of uh, bonded labor and slave labor, all sorts of things like that. And then overall, we have this concept of holistic steering and reporting. So how do you pull all this data and information together to have the overall view of how your business and your value chain and, and your overall supply chain is driving sustainable business practices and in the same way as you would for the top and bottom line. So we talk about the, the green line. So this is all, all over the place. But the, the interesting thing is beyond those um, the products that support those strategy, we have a, a set of products and learning journeys that will, will help our customers learn how to use them. In fact, you can see capabilities being added to um, SAP products all over the place, even though they're, they're not necessarily a part of what we would call our core sustainability strategy. And I would also argue, and I hope not too many people, not too many colleagues disagree with this, you can do an awful lot with existing SAP solutions without changing a line of code to apply them to sustainable business models in new ways. For one example is um, uh, part of the circular economy, you might want to think about new business models and new business processes. And to model those, you, you'd need something like Signavio, even if it hasn't been developed specifically with sustainability in mind. And that principle can be applied all over at SAP. Okay, so this is a, it's an overall self-reflection of the company, looking at all aspects, internally, externally, it it is, and and there are. I mean, that this is just looking at this in software terms, but there's a lot more that um, we need to think about about when it comes to supporting our customers develop sustainable businesses. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that the, the next question is already partially answered. 
who needs to start learning or, or adopting these practices? So I, I imagine- <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good question. I, I suppose this is easy for me to say because this is my kind of my baby and that's something I'm very passionate about. But I would argue there is not a single person who works in business who shouldn't be learning about this. It doesn't matter if you're working within procurement, finance, manufacturing, marketing, every part of a business will be affected by this at minimum because there are compliance requirements which are developing all around the world which are reflected in sap software so there's this concept of extended producer responsibility which means the producer pays for the negative impact of what they do and you get taxed based on that so for example uh, in april 2022 they in the uk there was a new plastics tax, which the government uh, introduced. And um, if you use, uh, might be, if my memory is right, if you use more than 30% of recycled plastic in your packaging, then you're not liable for this tax. So, But this extended producer responsibility taxes or fees, however you want to see them, are being developed all around the world. So at minimum, um, businesses are going to be affected by this. But Customers are expecting businesses to change their practices to become more sustainable. There are new business opportunities through them, and it touches every part of a business. Okay, yeah. So one of my follow-ups is going to be where the incentive is to actually start modifying one's behavior and practices. Right. I guess the the avoidance of additional or taxes that are or, or regulation that's coming down the line is is an incentive that all people, regardless of political persuasion, can understand. And being sort of a, a universal language as to well, why one should do something. Exactly. I mean, it, I, I must admit, it's, it's often confused me that this has become a sort of slightly right-left argument. Yeah. And in fact, there are, there are a lot of things around compliance and, and safety and dealing with emissions because of the obvious huge challenge of global warming and all those kind of things that need to be done. But also, there are great business opportunities. I mean, if we, so there, there's something in there for, in a sense, there's something in there for everybody. If you look at, um, we have this a product called Responsible Design and Production, and we have training for that, which is all about this circular economy concept. And one of the business models within the circular economy has customers, instead of selling they might lease the washing machine. And, and that means you have a motivation to keep the materials in use for as long as possible. You might be able to upgrade them. You could maybe build a digital twin for them. You have a, a data feed that comes back to you as the producer. But that gives you new opportunities for as soon as you have that customer data, you have opportunities to provide add-on services that you, you couldn't provide before when the customer got the washing machine and you had no more connection to it. Mm -hmm. So I, I suppose in my opinion, and some people will argue, with me there are actually this isn't just about efficiency this isn't just about uh, it, it obviously we want to do good things for the planet and for society but there are opportunities in there and so this isn't an either or kind of situation okay and at the risk of going down a rabbit hole you, you mentioned the key word efficiency mm -hmm. and i was wondering to what extent the rebound effect is taken into account here for example if um a person, product, company, object, whatever, becomes maybe 30% less damaging to the environment or 30% more efficient. There's a tendency for that thing to be used more uh, and used more to the extent that 30% then disappears and you're back to the original problem, um, so to speak. Is that taken into account? Yeah, there is a challenge that if you produce something in a way that it, it costs 30% less and then you have that extra money, you you uh, use that money for a, 
other planet damaging activities that's you're just leaving the problem right and this is why i mean one of the things that um, anyone who's interested in when <laughs> talking to me about this sort of stuff it's very important in this topic and this is kind of moves into um the whole area of what do we need to know to be sustainable now there's the the bit which is the kind of business as usual and um, which is about how we produce software how that pr- software can be used to support sustainable business that's all great but um, one of the big challenges is understanding unintended consequences now this is something perhaps we didn't we didn't care about so much in the past so if efficiency is a great example but there are many others so um i i've got a very a close friend of mine who's um a uh, very senior works for the number two for the Sustainable Apparel Coalition, and, um, and and we all know that fast fashion, for example, for the planet is is a bit of a disaster. I, re- I read a number that um, um, the textile and fashion industry, and I hope I got this right, is responsible for about ten percent of um, global emissions. And so, of course, we want to kind of make that circular, as we call it. But there are in Bangladesh, eighty five percent of their income relies on fashion and textiles. So you need to think about the unintended consequences of this. A very simple example I always give to people who are new to the topic is um, it's no good buying a, an electric car if you then power the you charge up the electric car off a coal-fired power station. So you have to look at the whole system, the whole unintended consequences. And going back to your particular point around efficiency, I think at, as we move overall to focusing on the experiences we get from products rather than the products themselves. So if we're, we're more concerned about, um, I'm, I'm sure many of you have heard, uh, you guys probably heard this as a service approach. So uh, there are companies that offer um, medical devices as a service. So they don't sell the machine. They offer the, the, the focus is then on the experience. Mm-hmm. And if the focus is on the experience and that is done across the board, then there's going to be, there should be fewer impacts from all this stuff however efficient you become because um you the, the companies producing those experiences have more control over the materials and can ensure that they're designed to be kept in use for as long as possible for sure it's complicated so one of the challenges of this is that although we know the direction we need to go in most people are very new to this i've, I've listened to some leaders from different organizations who are really trying to lead the way and we're we're all kind of new to this and we're all going to be making mistakes and learning things and realizing we have to slightly change direction but we need to be on the journey and we'll discover unintended consequences for some very good things that we'll be doing but we need to uh, to get on that journey um, so that we can break this link between resource use and consumption okay that that makes a lot of sense and you mentioned uh, everybody being sort of new to this. How, how uh, in that vein, how would um, beginners be able to participate? Well, you sort of defined us all as be- beginners already in this topic, but let's say yeah. people who are new to the SAP ecosystem first, uh, first starting with a fresh mind, um, yeah. what sort of habits, practices, things that should they have in mind going into it so they don't have to sort of learn old habits that are soon to be replaced? Well, I, th- there's a huge amount out there and within SAP that can help people learn about this topic. So what I've deliberately done over the last couple of years is create a, a series of open SAP courses that combine some of the domain knowledge with the product knowledge. So I recommend anybody who is totally new to this to look at the open SAP course called Helping Businesses Thrive in a Circular Economy. 
And why would I recommend that? The reason I would recommend that is we really don't start with software. You will see in the course, we only get into talking about software in week three or, or week four. We start off talking about what is this circular economy thing? What, what kind of problems is it trying to solve for the planet, for society, um, while keeping profitable businesses? So we talk about the principles of the circular economy. We then um, talk about how those principles can be enacted in business models like this servitization model that I mentioned a minute or two ago. And so you get an understanding of how you you live that out within your business. And then you look at what the technology enablers are from SAP that will allow you to live out the business model itself. So it gives you a really good idea of the the overall societal, environmental uh, and economic challenges associated that, that we're facing with that the circular economy can help us meet and how businesses can change to meet them before you look at the role of technology. So the software is situated within that. Personally, I think it's crazy to start with with software in that context. That is a good place to get a, an introductory understanding uh, into um, what this whole topic's about. And, and as a last comment on it, we deliberately brought in academics and practitioners from all sorts of different um, places. SAP's partnered with um, a very cool organization called the Ellen MacArthur Foundation that are driving the, the circular economy topic forward. They often speak at Davos and they've written a lot of free research on the topic. With the UK Research Hub for Circular Economy, we got in um, some practitioners from different companies who are working on this topic. So you really get an outside in view and an inside out view around um, um, circular economy. Okay. So an understanding of the circular economy would be sort of the the key prerequisite to go into go into this with it's you can go in there's lots of way, places you can go in and you can start in and in a sense it, it doesn't matter too much but that I, I i recommend that one as as a way into the topic of course we do have learning journeys that focus specifically on the products like product footprint management that um, um help companies track their emissions and responsible design and production which uh, look at um, um, circular economy topics so particularly around plastics and plastic packaging but i would recommend that helping businesses thrive as a first start um, point of entry okay and for those out there that do not or have not heard of the circular economy i imagine it's an attempt at producing value without waste or getting as close to that as possible right that yes, the goal of the circular economy in particular is to break the. I mean, if you one of the, the huge uh, challenges is that we've got a not only have we got a growing world population, so over eight eight billion, it's going to be nine and a half with I think is it two thousand and fifty. That's a challenge enough, but within that, there's the bigger challenge of the growing middle class around the world. Now, growing middle class is a, a successful thing. But of course, that growing middle class, and I, I think I read, uh, there are different estimates that I've read, in, but I, I read a couple of years ago that um, between 2019 and 2030, it's, um, they, there's an estimate that it would go from about 2.9 billion to 5 point something billion. So um, that that's quite a big growth. And if, if you think about it, I have a television, I don't have a car now, I used to have a car. Uh, these All these new middle class people have a right to all the stuff we have. So, but we haven't got a planet enough for all the um, all that stuff. So we need to break the link between the resources we dig out of the ground and the consumption of people around the world who have a right to to live like all of us in the West live. 
And the only way, as far as I can see, that we can do this is keeping materials in reuse uh, mm-hmm. again and again and again, um, sort of uh, remanufacturing, upgrading, and, and then ultimately recycling. Okay, makes sense. And of course, using the energy uh, to make all that recycling happen, making the energy sources of that sustainable. Exactly right. The input has to be renewables. All right. Um, so maybe pulling back to the scope of SAP again, in what way is this being embedded across SAP? Is, is there like a dedicated sustainability review of each product and the processes it touches? Or maybe I'll reframe this question in particular to sure. from the product view. Looking at looking at SAP's portfolio, to what extent is this, is the sustainability topic being built into it if it's not already there? So, no, that's a very good question. And we're, I mean, SAP for sure is on a journey, and we're learning ourselves. So, um, the first focus. I mean, I, I don't work directly in in products, so I'm. Uh, this is as far as I. This is my understanding of what's happening. Uh, so this, the starting point was based on those um, the three zeros I described: zero emissions, zero waste, zero inequality, and, let's, and holistic steering. We built a set of um, solutions to support that, and they're growing, and there are new capabilities being added all the, all the time to those. But I know that there are folks working across the board on adding sustainability capabilities all over the place. So I keep discovering, and it's quite a challenge for me being one guy to keep an overview of everything, but I keep discovering new capabilities all over the place in concur and success factors, obviously in S4 overall, I was reading of some reverse logistics capabilities, which is uh, something that's used within a servitization model. So for sure, SAP is kind of developing this everywhere. I, I'm aware that there's some work to kind of unify this, um, but I, I don't have too much in the way of details about how that's being done. But I, I know this is something that SAP is is working on. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, what would you say, and maybe you hinted at this already, but what is sort of the outlook of this topic? I'm imagining that if we're successful, the word sustainability will no longer really need to be used, right? So it's just the way we do things. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. I, I blow hot and cold about whether sustainability as a word will will die or whether something will replace it. But for sure, and this is definitely my opinion, but I, I feel quite strongly that we're moving from a place where sustainability is considered a kind of an add-on to the way you do business to just how you do business. right? So, for example, if we look at um, the topic of traceability, I mean, it was always important to be able to trace material, you know, be able to track the quality of materials in supply chains, but it was it was a lot more difficult in the past. But now that we care about emissions, we care about compliance and we avoiding child labor on cobalt mines in certain places around the world, traceability becomes more and more important and will never not care about this stuff so traceability would just be part of how you you work with your supply chains it's it's um the sustainability and social compliance issues will be just part of our normal business and i think that that concept will be that approach will be true of every part of business it's not that sustainability is um yeah like i said before it's not that you it's an add-on to an existing way of doing business it's just the way we do it all right that's where I see things going in the future. All right. And, and on that note, I always want to close on some final words of wisdoms you have for our learners, but, but maybe I want to throw something else in there, a little curveball regarding greenwashing. So right. the companies maybe putting up the appearance of adopting sustainable practices. What would you say out there to our learners 
who are especially the ones who are new getting into the, the industry, possibly considering starting in the SAP ecosystem, what would you say to them as sort of something to keep in mind before they step into the, the ecosystem and how they could, that, that they're perhaps on the right path towards reproducing sustainable business practices sure. instead of uh, greenwashing on the, on the part of their, of their client? Well, I, I, there's, there's two things. One that's, at, I would say, one at a kind of a, an SAP general business level and one for the, specifically for the learner. I mean, looking at this from an SAP point of view and um, what's happening in terms of regulation, there's a huge push right now all around the world, especially in the EU, for example, to enact regulations, which mean that companies, it becomes less and less easy to greenwash. Mm-hmm. And that's the exciting thing. And now an SAP is the company that embeds all that into its reporting software. So SAP is in a great position to support making sure that, that we don't have greenwashing. There's a lot happening. The whole reporting area is huge right now. And uh, so I'm not going to go into various things. One of the challenges is there there are so many different reporting standards. Everyone's finally competing to um, and overlapping around this stuff. But um, it's good that this is happening because greenwashing is for sure one of the biggest challenges because it's slightly depressing um, outside of SAP when I look at what's um, some of the adverts that are coming and you know that what's being advertised is nonsense from a green, from a, a sustainability point of view. Um, from a, the individual learner point of view, I, I think the most important thing for now, I may, uh, I don't know if I'll think this in 10 minutes time, but for, as I'm thinking right now about this, it's really, really important for a learner to be very open to the new things that you need to learn to be successful. We still need to learn. We still need to understand how software and software is hugely important in this context can help businesses become sustainable while still being profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, people have probably heard about the three P's people, planet profit. The idea is it's, it's, I mean, you may be very sustainable, but if your business is not making any cash and it's not going to last very long. There is a sustainability aspect, which is about sustainable business in terms of financial sustainability and not just the environment and, and the social side of things. But you, so software is important, but I would argue that probably unlike how we've worked in, in the past, I would suggest you need to be open to learning new kinds of domain knowledge and new kinds of thinking. It's almost sustainability is a new literacy, a new way of thinking about business and our relationship to the planet, our relationship to society and our relationship to all the stakeholders that we deal with around us. And uh, and I I would lastly recommend people think about even learning things about, there's a topic that you often see outside of SAP, but I've not seen it so much inside SAP is around systems thinking. So understanding how, all these things connect. When you want to make a change, what are the unintended consequences to to the change you want to make? So that you're you're not causing, you're not just moving the problem from one place to another. Perhaps five or ten years ago, that was less of an issue for people, but uh, now that's really important within the context that we we need to understand that we're not moving problems around. Or, right. or stopping the problem for one party, one stakeholder, and just giving a new problem to another stakeholder. So I, I think that is very, very important for learners to be aware of. So be open, be willing to learn about things which aren't necessarily directly related to software and understand how software sits within that whole um, process, that whole system. Awesome. Michael, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and knowledge. I hope we can... Uh 
talk a bit more about sustainability and a more specific or do some deep dives on some more specific areas within SAP. But for now, I think that's a great overview and a great primer for everybody out there. I appreciate it. Nice talking to you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.